Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's up, Clever Investors? We are back, and I'm excited for today's show because we got the man, the myth, the legend, the hardcore closer, Mr. Ryan Stewman in the studio. What's up, dude? What's up, man? You know, I thought we were going to have a jingle. The jingle played before a, oh, the, the intro. Okay. All right. So yeah, you know, just I imagine to hear the jingle. a jingle. All right. It's more, you know, I, I can I, hear it now. Cody's Berber. Yeah, yeah, I can I can feel it, you know. And that was it. Clever investor. Making money, building wealth, flipping houses, pimping hoes. Yeah. No. Marrying doctors. <laughs> Mary, I did marry a doctor. <laughs> She stopped all my Dude. pimping. Clearly, we're too good of friends because we just got really comfortable on the microphone in front of, you know, the, the whole five people that probably listen to us. I, I don't, know, I don't so. have a very large following, but they're very dedicated. That's all that matters. They're real fans. They, they comment on everything. Um, uh, so look, dude, uh, first off, excited to have this conversation. You're, 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 you're by far the funniest of the hardcore closers. Oh, thank you. Do you thank think you. you're outgrowing? Do you think you're outgrowing the hardcore closer nickname? Because I feel like you've you you you've blown up so much bigger over the last like seven or eight years. Like yeah, like people are underestimating the, the shit that you're doing right now. And for anybody who doesn't know Ryan Stuman, um, very successful investor, very successful entrepreneur, probably one of the best closers in the game. Very 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 good at sales, influence, persuasion. Uh, runs the largest Facebook group for sales professionals yep. on Facebook, um, sales, sales talk. talk with sales pros. How many members do you have on that? 110,000. Damn. And you've been growing that for real members long. actively engaged every month, like since 2014. Dude, it's popping off in there. Yeah. If you're in sales and you're not part of that group, you need to join that group. It's free. And, and, yeah. and what I love about that group is it is a true community. They are, they know each other. Yep. They engage. We got our own language and everything, it, you know. Yeah, and and if you if if you go against the rules in that group, oh man, I've seen it. It's vicious. Yeah, it's vicious. They they it's salespeople. We're good at roasting things, you know. That's just what we do. Yeah, and and uh, and and you run Apex, which yep. is a mastermind, right? Um, what what for anybody listening? What is Apex? Uh, so it is a group of people committed to become the greatest version of themselves uh, in a nutshell. So it's people that are committed to showing up in their work, uh, taking care of their bodies, working on their mindset and their relationships, right? And so that's Love what it. we do. We just help people become the how, best How many members do you have? Right, a little over 2,000, I believe. 2,000. Jeez, Louise. It's, it's a good group. All right. So successful investor, entrepreneur, all the things, badass watch. By the way, show, show the bling real quick. What, what, what the hell are you blinging out this with? This is my speaker watch. You know, when you hold the microphone with this watch on stage, Damn. you get some attention. They, they, they're, not, they're not even listening to what you're saying. They're just staring <laughs> at the watch. That's a nice sight. watch. <laughs> yeah, car guy, too. Um, and, and what I love about what you do, and we're going to get into the background here in a second, what I love about what you do is you've gamified being fly. Yeah. You've yeah. gamified being rich. And what that is I mean, a great way of putting it. it. What I mean by that is literally everything is uh, like you've hacked the system. You've hacked the matrix. Like the dude flies around on private jets all the time. I'm like, how the hell are you always flying private? And he's like, dude, I bring all my friends, my members, everybody piles in. We we get the jet and I fly around on a jet for free and everybody wants to hang out with me. So it's a great way to get from point A to point B. You get great footage for everybody and you get a free jet ride. Well, think about this. So, uh, we flew here, private jet. Uh, there was about eight of us all together. Two 
it was me, two employees, and five people, right? Uh, five people that, that paid for seats on the, the jet. Um, each of those people paid 6500 bucks to fly with us. They get to come to, they get VIP tickets to Kent's event here yep. as a part of that. So, which were $1,000 or something like that. So they paid $6,500 for a seat. They're in the air for six hours with me. They get private jet pictures, videos. My guy's editing everything while they're there on the jet. So they get off, they get all the cool social media, stuff like that. Then they get VIP passes to the event. I had breakfast with everybody this morning. So they're getting you know, the mentorship. They're getting yeah, the, the they're clout. They're getting two, three days sometimes with me for five, $6,000. Plus they're going on a jet that costs $100,000 to operate every time it's in the air that you could never fly on for five grand. Like there, unless yeah. you knew somebody like me that has the ability to do this. Meanwhile, I pay about five grand for the three of us to fly every time, which is about what you would pay commercial. So I'm not out really any money because I fill in the other seats. Hack the system. And I could profit from it probably if I wanted to, but I'm really just trying to have a good time with cool people and and not make it too much of a burden on anybody and, you know, enjoy, uh, like I said, hacking the I system. Love I love private. it. I love it. And for $99.99, you could get the private jet blueprint. <laughs> the private right jet here. blueprint. Right here. Uh, but you do that with cars. That's fucking funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you do that with cars. You, you like, you know, we were talking on the way over here and uh, you just bought this really sick white and black um, Lamborghini Huracan STO. Yep. Which is oh the race version of the Huracan, and it's sick as fuck. It's so amazing. And I'm like, dude, how do you like the car? You're like, I drove 40 miles in it and flipped it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, how much did you make? I made, what'd you make? Yeah, I made 105 grand. 105 grand flipping a car. When'd you order it? In 2020. And I just have like a pipeline of cars coming. I put down. Yeah, I've got cars coming all the way till 2025. Such a brilliant. Yeah. And the exotic car blueprint is uh, included <laughs> as a upgraded bonus. A bonus, yes. That's the uh, yeah. Typically, it's nine ninety seven, but we're going to give it to you for free. Free, no, free, yeah. free. Uh, That's amazing. I probably could make so, money selling that shit. You know, oh, I'm, dude, not, I'm not into million, that. I would dude, rather just people, tell people how to do it. But, dude, you do it with watches. You do it yeah. with cars. You do it with private jets. It's like the luxury yeah. blueprint. But how do we get here? Because you've got a colorful black background, man. Like, you went through some shit, right? Yeah. Prison. So uh, I think most of the best entrepreneurs have some sh some shit. So I heard Rob O'Neill one time say, when you've gone through some shit, you either learn to have a great sense of humor or you have to take anti-anxiety meds the rest of your life, right? Yeah, yep. And uh, me, I got a good sense of humor. So that's worked out well for me. It's a, a choice that I guess you get to make. But, you know, at seven, I was adopted. Uh, my dad left and uh, my mom remarried and that guy adopted me and he was uh pretty much an asshole you know abusive very mean unloving uh made me work at a young age like real work at the car wash it's funny the guy puts me to work at a car wash where people that are felons and illegal immigrants at the time and shit like that work right because it's a car wash and and then he's like how are you on what the fuck are you doing with your life that you're on drugs and shit i'm like what the fuck you just put me in the environment of people that are pro drugs like all the time what do you expect I, the I, coolest I, people i know are at the car wash now because that's where i'm at and fuck of course i'm on drugs that's what they're on you know wow so um end up when i was 15 i left home ran the streets sold drugs all the things that people with the colorful black background that that i just said and um very resourceful kid did cocaine one time sold it you don't get high on your own supply. I had enough problem with marijuana. And uh, so I smoked pot, sold blue. One night, a chick, this is this is really the test of me being the hardcore closer because this is like, there. you know, you always look for like the Achilles heel in the story. This is it for me, right? <clears throat> so I go, a uh, friend of mine 
comes over to my house. He's like, hey, man, let's call a fucking hooker over. He's doing blow and shit. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm good, you know. He's like, man, like, I already know this chick, man. I've called her and her friends over a couple times. Like, come on, man. It's like, it's like two in the morning. I'm drunk and shit. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, you know. Like, so we, we order up this fucking hooker to come over. And the hooker shows up, right, with their pimp outside. <laughs> we go in the room. I never done this before. I mean, I fucked, but I never fucked for money. You know what I'm saying? And 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 um, I wasn't being paid the money, so I never had to pay. <laughs> but I'm like, whatever. It's trying new shit here. Let's see. Uh, All-time low. Let's go. You know, fucking adopting all this other shit anyway. How low can we go here? Anyway, so we get in the room. I'll never forget. She says, you uh, you have that. She sees Coke. She's like, oh, you got Coke. She goes and does line. She's like, I'll put this on your, she said something like, I'll put it on your blah, 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 you know, some sexual shit. I'm like, that sounds great. So I did a line with her, first time I ever done it in my life, went to unbutton my pants, you know, because things are about to happen, but they didn't. I fucking overdosed somehow. I'm allergic to Coke or some shit. I don't know. Fucking heart stop. This chick don't know me. She's just a hooker. She runs out of the room, calls 911. The fucking cops come. Obviously, I literally live fucking across the street from the fire station. The cops in the fire station come in, fucking arrest me. I'm fucking dead. You know what I mean? They, like, bring me back to life. In some, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any of this. It's like the story they tell me in court later. You know what I mean? And so I wake up in the hospital, chained to the hotel or to the uh, hospital bed. Cop comes in, reads me my rights. End up uh, going to jail for, like, three weeks. And I bonded myself out. My grandma let me borrow the money to get out. And they wanted me to snitch on people and all this shit. And I was like, man, you don't know the motherfuckers I was messing with. Like, I I'll take my chances against the cops before I take my chances against these guys. So um, they didn't show any mercy on me. First time offense, sent me to prison for two years. This is what they told me, Cody. Okay, mm. They said, uh, hey, man, my lawyer, public defender, motherfucker, right? Fuck that guy. This is what he says. 19-year-old kid. He says, hey, man. You're going to take this two-year deal because that's the best deal they're going to give you. And you'll do six months here in the county and they'll let you out, right? Just sign the papers and be the easiest time you ever did and we'll fucking go on with your life. I'm like, all right, you're a lawyer. You know what you're doing. That's the best deal I'm going to get. Fuck, I signed for it. Motherfucking 30 days later, I'm in like one of the hardest prisons in the United States of America. I did fucking like 23 out of 24 months. <laughs> like, Dude, like, dude, you know how many it, people that has to happen to? Oh, every fucking day. That is awful. Every fucking day. I'm the yeah. one of the first people that's successful on the other side that has a voice to tell this about. But first of all, that judge should have never fucking, the system should have never thrown that dude at me. Like, now that I'm rich, I could go back and beat that case. There's no fucking way that case would stick the way that they fucking presented it. Because I'm smarter than the cops, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I've been around long enough with experience. But as a 19-year-old kid, I don't fucking know. I signed my life away. I signed my right to bear arms away. I signed my fucking right to do all sorts of shit at that moment in time because I didn't fucking know any better, you know? So I go to prison. I discover really quickly that I didn't like that place, you know, like really fast. I get in there. It's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that shit. I won't <laughs> never fuck with drugs ever again. Y'all just let me out. My bad. <laughs> right. But that don't work. I think that works now. I think you just knock on the door. You're like, I got COVID and they let you out. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> yeah. what's going on now. But prior to that, I didn't, I didn't grow up in that generation. We had to do our fucking time, right? Um, but anyway, so I go in there inside. I don't really like that much. And uh, the things I did have going for me, I was in this place called Beto One. Uh, I was in six or seven different prisons. So you can imagine being transferred around and going through that new fucking guy shit six or seven times is a nightmare. But I was in this one place where uh, 
you know, everybody was in a gang. If you're white, you had Nazi signs on you. If you were black, you're blood or crip. If you're Mexican, you were either Texas syndicate or Mexican mafia or Tongo blast or something. There's like no fucking free agents anywhere, right? I know. I only got two goddamn years in this bitch. Not a life sentence like the rest of these fucking peckerwoods with fucking Nazi signs and shit. And I don't really like them anyway. Not that they're really racist. They're just like... They have to, they have to fucking yeah. do It's prison, right? And so there's different rules inside than, than maybe in rainbow land out here, right? And so, but I don't want nothing to do with that because at some point I'm going to get the fuck out really soon because I'm thinking I'm still only going to do six months, right? I'm still convinced that they sent me here, but my sentence is going to be shorter, right? And so anyway, um, I have to fight these guys because I refuse to get down with them. So I don't have to fight the fucking black guys. I don't have to fight the fucking Mexicans or in the, that's about all that's in Texas prison, white, black, Mexican. Like I got to fight the white guys because every day, but I'll tell you what, a couple, maybe like a month into it, because uh, I'm not going to get down. I'm not going to owe favors when I get out or do dumb shit in there. I just don't have the capacity to do any of that. And I'm willing to fight not to deal with it, which would fucking turn out to be a good idea now. Really fucking shitty idea at the time, right? But the Hispanic people fucking saved me from it. They were like, hey, you didn't snitch. Like, we got this guy's fucking paperwork. Y'all are trying to put him on. He doesn't owe anybody's money. He didn't shoot nobody's house up. He wasn't gang banging. He didn't rip no drug dealers off. This I'm an integrity-driven drug dealer over here. <laughs> and uh, and they left me alone, man. They let me do my fucking time, you know, in a place with murderers and crazy-ass people, man. They just let me fucking do my time. But when I got out, it's like, I ain't doing that shit again, All right? So I went back to work at the car wash. Smart. Yeah. And that's exactly where you should have went. Yeah, exactly. So I went back to work the car wash because who else is going to hire a convict, right? But I didn't do any drugs. Worked my ass off, man. I'm going to own this motherfucker one day. And I still am, right? I realized they just sold that location. I didn't know it was for seller. I would have bought it. Uh, but I got somebody looking into it for me now. But anyway, I want to own it. Um, but I go to the car wash and take this job and I'm going to be the best car wash person there is. But one day, and this is an important lesson, like hard work may seem like it, your hard work may seem, if you're really working hard, it may seem like it's going unnoticed, but the right person will eventually notice it because hard work eventually goes unnoticed until you cannot ignore it. And I just worked so hard at this car wash that this lady, she would come in once a week and it wasn't for her. She wasn't attractive. I didn't like her. I didn't think nothing of her, but she'd watched every time as I'd worked in this place. So after a couple of months, she says, I want to give you a job. I got a job. I work here at the car wash. I'm the manager, right? And she's like, no, no, no. Uh, I want to give you a job in finance. I barely heard that word before. And she said mortgages. I'd never heard that word before. I'm like, what's a mortgage? She goes, you know, like a, a bank finance, blah, blah. She said a bunch of big words. I'm like, I'm out. You know, I got like a ninth grade education and uh, I'm a convicted felon. Like, you know, I appreciate the sentiment lady, but she goes, you'll be fine. We'll take you, you know? And she convinced me to, she was a closer. She convinced me to lay my keys down to the car wash to the assistant manager and start work for her on Monday. That Saturday, so go to work for her on Monday. That Saturday, I'm at my friend's parents' house and I realized that they lived there for like 20 years. It's like, you ever heard of something called a refinance? It was like a word that I heard at the, the office that week, right? The word of the it, week. It's just like a sticky note with yeah. one word on it. <laughs> refinance. Like, word of the just week. Just go refinance. around and tell people this. And they're like, we can't do that. We have bankruptcy and uh, we're not able to. And I was like, I, I think you can. Let me hook you up with this lady that I started working for. And they're like, weren't you washing our car last week? It's like, never mind that. Let me hook you up with this lady. Anyway, long story short, within like three weeks, I got like 8,300 bucks. Bro, I was fucking rich. You know what I mean? Like I'd never. It, then, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of cars. A lot of cars. That you had had to wash. And two weeks after that, the guy that mows the yards for the car washes calls me and he says, uh, hey, I'm buying this $700,000 house. I heard you do loans now. You do the loans. So I made like 20 grand off that. So 
like in a in two month period like of time. Landscapers like, are buying nice properties. Yeah, he's owned all the commercial yeah, stuff. Yeah, solid. So, uh, that would be like a three million dollar house. Now this is two thousand and three or four. Yeah. You know, um, but so now suddenly so I got like thirty thousand dollars, and I never even had anywhere near that in my life. You know, it's like oh shit, it's game on, and it was. For about two months till I ran out of money, right? Because you think you're going to spend it and make it forever. But I was out of what they know now as the warm market. <laughs> My warm market had been exhausted. So a couple of months go by, I'd blown through the money and, and I didn't pay my mortgage bill and I didn't pay my truck bill. And I'm like, they're going to come fucking tow my truck. I bought a new truck and then couldn't make the payments. Like they're going to come tow my fucking truck and they're going to, oh God, I made a bunch of terrible financial decisions that any 22 year old would make, right? Without guidance. So the cables cut off to my house and I look up and there is a new channel coming on. That's how old I am called CNBC. It's a brand new channel coming on and this weekend only it's free and, and it works on the satellite where the satellite was cut off. And there's a guy named Robert Kiyosaki who is doing a rich dad, poor dad seminar this Saturday at the Hilton hotel in Richardson, Texas. Right. And I'm, I'm like, down to the garden end. I'm like, you know what? You'll get a free. CD. I got money. I work for the bank. And these guys want to buy real estate. I need to go to that shit and I need to see how that works and meet those people. That's where I'll get deals from. So that's what I did. And I go to this meeting and I'm watching them and I, there's like 2,500 bucks and everybody rushes to the back of the room to buy this shit. And I ain't got 2,500 bucks, but I got an idea. Everybody that has 2,500 bucks is probably pretty fucking serious about buying a house. I'm going to go hang out next to that booth and I'm going to hit these people with my business card. So everybody that came through there I was like, hey, man, you going to go buy some houses? Yeah. Do you have a bank partner yet? No, man, I'm going to have to find you. I got you, dog. I got you. That's I, actually I, really I, smart. And so, man, because we didn't have social media and shit back then, right? One dude, one dude, his name was Ken, sent me 54 fucking investment property refinances so that he could go buy another 60 fucking houses Boom. with the cash out of them. I did like 100 and something fucking loans in a 12-month period of time for just this one fucking guy from that one thing and made $700,000 in commissions in 2005. Damn. Bought my dream house. The cops thought I was selling dope and they raided that motherfucker. I shit you not. I bought all the 700 grand dream house, live in the fucking dream neighborhood. I got realtors coming in, in retrospect. I got realtors coming and dropping off fucking <laughs> HUDs. I got fucking renters coming in and fucking dropping off rent checks. I got people coming and I'm partying too, you know, not drugs, but just having a good time with people my age coming over. <clears throat> Look like a drug dealer in retrospect. Now, if I was to do all that now, it's fine. You work from home. It's totally normal. But in 2005, 2006, that was like way ahead of its time, right? So the cops raid my house. They don't find any drugs, but they find a gun. It's not even my oh. gun. It's my fucking roommate's gun. And you're a felon. But it's in my room, and there's yep. a fucking picture of me holding the gun, which I did. There's a picture of me holding the gun for Halloween when I was dressed as a cop, just for a split second that I held on one of the fucking phones that they found when they raided the house. They fucking got me for felon in possession of a firearm, which in Texas is totally legal. I can own a gun in my house, right? Even though I'm a convicted felon. But the fucking ATF doesn't recognize that. So it's a, it, the, I beat the state case and the fucking feds picked it up. And who beats a fed case? John Gotti? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't do that. So they're going to give me 20 years. They're going to give me fucking 20 years for a crime I didn't even fucking commit. You know what I mean? It wasn't my gun. I wasn't even home when they ra raided the house. I damn sure wasn't selling dope. What the fuck? <clears throat> right? So get mad at God for stuff like that. You really do. You're like, times in my life where I'm like, God, why, why you do me like this? But, but I know now. I wouldn't be in this seat without this story, right? 
So check this out. This is probably the coolest story of, of my life. My, I get my lawyer. I help get him elected to be the first district attorney that's a black guy, that's a Democrat in an all-red, sorry, Dallas, in an all-red, all-white guy judicial system. They ended up, this guy started letting people out of prison that he knew was innocent, and they fucking end up, dude, it's a whole mess. But he's a great guy, and I help get him elected, and he cut some strings to get my time down to 15 months, and I go to this federal prison in Siegelville, Texas for 15 months. Day two, when I'm in this motherfucker, guess who's in front of me? The Puerto Rican mob guys that I used to sell dope for when I was 19, they're serving life sentences. They And I'm like, hey, you guys remember me? It's like, it's like half-baked, black ass, right? It's like, you guys remember me? And he's like, nah, man, what's up with you? I was like, it's me, Breeze. That was my name back in the day on the streets. And he's like, it's me, Breeze. He's like, hey, man, I thought you cleaned up, became like a banker or some shit. It's like, I fucking did, man. You wouldn't believe this, right? But those guys were like, hey, you're a stand-up dude. You could have snitched on us. You didn't. So they ordered my paperwork. Two or three days later, they see I'm integrity-driven fucking criminal or whatever. They send this huge Mexican dude over to my cell to come get me. And he's like, hey, you got to go upstairs and meet this guy, Wawa. What the fuck? My cellmate's like, I don't know what the fuck you did. But don't bring the shit in here. And I'm like, God damn it, man. You know? So we go upstairs. I had never been upstairs. I had a reason to go upstairs. They was living different up there, bro. They're wearing like Rolexes and wearing Air Jordans and smoking blunts and cigarettes like fucking free world. Like Wawa ran game. Yeah, he's the fucking kingpin for the whole fucking prison. So shit. he had the block. Yep, and this is his shit. So I get up there and they're like, hey, white boy or whatever the fuck, right? Bolio, hey. They said, uh, we heard that you work in the banking system. We got five years left on our sentence. We've been doing 20 years, but we got a lot of money we need to clean up. You know banks. Can you help us launder the money? I'm like, what they going to do, put us in prison? Fuck yeah, I can help you. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck these people. We're already in jail. You can't convict them for shit you did in jail, in jail. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's on you, you know? So I start showing these guys how to buy houses for cash, refinance them in their mama's name with stated income loans. That's what you could do back then. And now all of a sudden, these motherfuckers get out. They ain't got to sell dope no more. That guy, Wawa, works for me now. He's worked for me for eight years. He's my chief technology officer. Stop every it. every web page you've ever seen on any of my shit, hardcore closer, phone sites, all that, he built that shit. That motherfucker went to prison for 17 years for 20 tons of cocaine before the fucking internet existed. And that guy can build a funnel better than Russell Brunson. I'll fucking put him up to the challenge. Dude, I love this story. That's what it says. Like, Dude, I had to let you just go because it was the only just reason so he don't good. travel with me is he's still on parole for two more years, right? <laughs> but I took him in the private jet to New Jersey a couple of months ago. He's like, "Holy shit, dude! I can't even believe that we were in prison together, and now we like do these crazy things, you know?" And and so, dude, that guy's the most loyal friend I got. I love know? that story. He really is. So what? changed his life. Got his gang tattoos lasered off. Drives a Maserati, makes big money, owns a car dealership too, and he's my CTO. Like. Dude totally changed his life from broke, broke generational curses because his brother was executed by the state of Texas for killing a cop. His dad was violent fucking Mexican mafia. Like this guy's broke generational fucking curses on him and his family because we just happened to run into each other in the cell block in prison, man. So did you. Yeah. So did you. Yeah, it's true. You know, for, for all that shit that you went through, that all happened for you. Yeah. Makes for yeah. a good story. You know? it, well, it's a great story, but it's, it's more, it, make, it gives me a lot of insight on how you roll in how you're able to just move so fluidly through so many big circles and just maneuvering, making great decisions. You've been through so much. Yeah. I, yeah. Been, I made enough bad decisions that I, I think I know what not to decide on now. You yeah. Know? 
I'm gonna call you Breeze from here. On out. I had no idea your name Dude, was Breeze. I had a no tattooed longer- across my back in prison, like the first time. Like I have huge tattoos across. My, I'm like have prison tattoos all over me, but uh, I don't walk around with my shirt off, so most people don't know it. But I have it fucking tattooed on me in prison, everything. And you know what? I've got expensive like- tattoos. I paid like fucking five grand for some fancy Russian artist to come to L.A. and do this shit. And this ink ain't as good as that prison ink in my back that you can't scrub out fucking 23 years later. You couldn't scrub that shit off with a Brillo pad. And we literally made it out of toilet paper, uh, uh, toothpaste, and a fucking Coca-Cola can that we lit on fire. That shit's permanent. It still looks brand new. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I'm going to let you get right back to the episode. But I wanted to share with you something real quick that I think is going to help your business in a major way. A few years ago, I started a real estate mastermind. And we call ourselves the Avengers. It's an experiential mastermind. There's about 175 members. They're all super high level. They're all gaining skills and capabilities. Networking is off the charts. So if you're looking to get plugged into something that's going to really lift your business up in a major way, check out joinavengersmastermind.com. Watch the video that's on there. Read all the information and see if getting plugged into a mastermind would be right for you. That's joinavengersmastermind.com. What what was that lady's name that got you into the mortgages? She passed away uh, four years ago. Her name was Monica Hubbard. We love Monica. Yeah. Yeah. Changed my life. She was a G. Yeah, she I recognized hard work. She's like, if that motherfucker will work half as hard slinging mortgages, but that's what I did. That's why when I showed up to the mortgage office, this is what got me ahead. And I made so much money and did all these things. These guys, I didn't have the money to go in at 10 o'clock and leave at one o'clock and go drink with realtors all afternoon. And that's what most of these fucking guys did. They go drink with some sop, sloppy ass realtor that wasn't doing business anyway. Cause if you're drinking at one in the afternoon, you ain't got no fucking business, right? Yep. So me, I would show up at 6 30 in the morning because that's when I went to the, the car wash and I would just read underwriting guidelines. Like all day long. I didn't know what the show. I would use Google to fucking figure out what the hell it meant and dictionary.com back then to figure out what the hell it meant. And I would just read them. And I would just call different people and I would just like, whatever the hell, I just, I would work from 6.30 in the morning to 6.30 in the evening because that's what I was used to at the car wash. While the rest of these guys put in two hours a day, I was putting in 12, you know? And then in the nighttime, I would go knock on people's doors that had their house for sale. Be like, what are you going to do to get money when you move out of here, <laughs> right? And like, dude, I was just wheeling, dealing, going to his, once I got, hit that first hotel gig shit, every time somebody came to town, whether it was fortune builders or rich dad, poor dad, or whatever the fuck, dude, I was there. I was That's the guy brilliant. outside with business cards. We did the same thing <clears throat> to get cash buyers down at the foreclosure auctions. Yep. Just hanging out down there. Yep. It's just, hey, we know lenders, buyers, and I, 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 I didn't have a lot of money, so I would get a white T-shirt with a Sharpie, and I would literally write on the white T-shirt from my $10 T-shirt at Walmart, uh, I sell houses to investors. And I would just go post up down yep. the foreclosure auction, and people come up and talk to me and be like, What year was this? 2005. Yeah, man, we used to do fucking crazy shit before the internet. Right? I know, These yeah. Kids, say, it, say it like your grandpa. These kids today, right? They but don't like, know nothing about this hard work. Well, I mean, look. The it's wor- still hard on the internet, but yeah, man, t- fuck, it used to be real. Like, you had to like face-to-face look a motherfucker in the eye and shake their hand. That's that's hard for a lot of people these days. Yep. All right. So, uh, you're, you're now in the mortgage game. How did you get out of the mortgage game? And because like you, you've you've rehabbed a bunch of houses, you flipped houses, and you're smart. Like you're a smart guy. You you join masterminds. You buy proximity. You 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 understand the value of spending money to go further faster. Yeah. Was it mentorship masterminds? What got you shifted over into like the investing side of things? And then how did you actually start? I want to get to this Facebook group because I think there's a lot of people out there 
Stuman makes a tremendous amount of money and creates a tremendous amount of relationships from this Facebook group. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But how did you get into the actual investing side of things? So I, w- I was going to these seminars and doing refinances and purchase loans for people that were getting rich, making a whole bunch of money off of properties. So check this out. I went to a place called, it was a real estate seminar called Rapid Real Estate. Okay. And there were local guys in Dallas that were doing real estate investor meetups. And I listened to what everybody would talk about and what the problems were and where they were having problems. And so I knew how to negotiate with builders because a friend of mine was a builder and I just, I'd worked in that field during the summers when I was a kid and I knew some shit about it. So I went and talked to like DR Horton before they were publicly traded, Pulte before they were publicly traded. This was back then, right? And uh, I would say, give me a list, Mercedes homes, big, big homes like that. I would say, give me a list of the leftover homes in your neighborhood that you can't sell. And I'll buy them all from you so that you can close out and get your money on the development shit like that. So then I would show up at these investor meetings with the one thing none of them had, homes, that will only get worth more because the cheapest you'll ever buy a home is when you're the person that builds it. You know what I mean? The house never fucking is less than when you're the person that builds it, right? So I showed up with the cheapest real estate that you could possibly get your hands on, that you didn't need a warranty, that you didn't need to rehab, that didn't wasn't going to get fucked up. It was all brand new. And if something went wrong, you got at least one year with the builder to get it fixed and shit like that. Worry yeah, free brilliant. property. 10, buck, 10, 10 bands of fucking property, right? I, I would negotiate. You would get it from DR Horton would normally sell it back then for, let's say, 160. I would get it for like 130. And then I would charge you 140. You still got instant equity. I made my 10 to fucking do a double close. And I would do 40 or 50 of those motherfuckers a month because I had Busher, Beezer, fucking DR Horton, Pulte. And I knew fucking investors from California to fucking Oklahoma that they were just buying these houses that back then were 140, 150 grand that now are seven, eight hundred thousand dollars those same ones. I drove yesterday, day before yesterday, I was driving through uh, to go meet one of my friends and I was like, man, I sold houses over here for 300 grand and thought Ryan Roberts was fucking stupid for spending 300 grand on it. You can't get in that neighborhood for less than a million now, fucking 15 years later. Yep. You know, it's like fucking crazy. But so, so that's what I'm doing. I got into, you know, because of that, I'm doing the loans on them. So I'm getting the loans on the back end after I flip you the house as the investor. Now I'm doing the loan too. So I'm making double dipping, go to prison, federal prison, get out, get back in the mortgage industry. Right. And there's a whole long story there, but we don't have the time. Get back in the mortgage industry, fucking kill it. While things are falling apart and the end of the world and the mortgage meltdown. 2008, 9, 10. Yep. In 2009, I'm killing it. I'm making 300 grand a year at a W-2 job, fresh out of fucking federal prison with no pipeline, working for TexasLending.com. So is that your third prison stint? No, two. So first time, get out, go to the car wash, get get arrested and get out. So I've only been twice. uh, Thank God. Only going twice. And so get out. Go work, successful again in the mortgage industry and one of the worst times to be that way. March of 2010, Dodd-Frank goes into effect and they say, hey, felons can no longer write loans. Fuck, I only know how to do three things, sell dope. I failed at that. Fucking work at a car wash, that sucks. And, and, and now mortgages, I can't do them. And so people, again, I'm an integrity person. So people would say, well, we'll pay you on the back end and give you this. And I was like, man, I don't want to fucking get in trouble because I know how it works. Some shit gets fucked up. I'll be the first person that you blame. And they're going to go, it has to be the guy with two felonies. It couldn't be fucking Cody who's never been in trouble, right? Like, no, Cody's fucking, (laughs) but I know how that game works, you know? So I bowed out. I called my real estate friend, Mike Reese. You know, Reese. I called Mike Reese because I did his loans. That's how fucking OG we are. I was their actual lender, him and Jay's lender. I called Mike and I was going to ask him for a job. I said, Mike, we sat down for lunch and we talked. Before I could ask him for a job, he said, man, I heard you lost your job at the mortgage place. I was like, oh, he's going to ask me for a job. It's awesome, right? He goes, 
I bought these DVDs for $8,000 that show you how to do stuff on the internet. You should check it out. Now, Mike, good friend of mine, cheapest motherfucker I know. The fact when he said, I bought DVDs for eight grand, which turned out later, Jay Kinder bought those DVDs for eight grand. (laughs) But if Mike would have told me that, I would have never watched them. But I thought, whatever got eight grand from Mike's fucking serious. So I went home that night. It was Ryan Dice Continuity Blueprint. Oh, Taught me how to upload a WordPress thing. And so I uploaded this energy drink, kind of like Oh Snap, right? Yep. And this energy drink into the WordPress and did it just like Ryan taught in the thing. And at like two in the morning, a couple of days later, I made a sale. Like, it was like $10 sale or whatever. It was like, this fucking internet thing's real. Yeah, if it I can real. do it once, I can do it. Admit, this is just like when I refinanced my friend's parents' house. You know what I mean? Yep. Like a lot less money. But I called the guy, you know, hey, how'd you find it? Blah, blah, blah. And I, he said, I found it from your post on Facebook. And I thought, man... There's something about this Facebook thing. You know, remember back then, nobody was really on it. I said, man, all right. So I start really buying into Facebook and training loan officers how to do what I did. So that's all I knew was like, hey, if you're a loan officer, I'll teach you how to do mortgages. I can't compete against you like the rest of the coaches out there, and I'll just help you out. And I did that for the first three years. And then the reason why, and you said outgrown the hardcore closer, um, I was never like the sales guy. I have some sales program because people kept asking me for it. So I'm like, yeah, fuck, we might as well sell it to you, you know? Um, but I don't look at the hardcore closer name as like somebody who's a salesperson. I was like, I'm closing deals, man. You know, I'm a hardcore individual, period, but I'm closing deals. I'm closing deals on restaurants, deals on watches, deals on cars. That's what I'm constantly fucking doing. But everybody that comes in, in my path enjoys the shit that I'm closing them on. You know, I was telling you, I was talking to Wags. Wags like, man, you sold me this watch for 90 grand that someone just offered me $150,000 for. You know, it's like, he's not like, oh, the closer got me. He's like, fuck, dude, what else can I buy from yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I should have bought that watch. <laughs> I, you were I, close. You I were was like close five Because you, my grand. guy wouldn't give you enough for that one. I, well, I was like four grand yeah. off. Like yeah. literally. And I, I, I regret it, but that's all right. I should have kept it. Fuck, if I didn't know it was going to be worth another yeah, no shit. 50 grand, I wouldn't have sold it to either one of you. <laughs> Do you think you're born a hustler or can you become a hustler? I think that's natural born shit. Uh, as many people as I have hired and fired over the years, you either got that shit or you don't. Now, you can tell when somebody has it. You can coach them and refine them to get good at it. But like my video guy, Tyler, he's got it. You know what I mean? And, and I knew instantly when I see him, I was like, hey, man, he may suck at video, but he'll figure – he doesn't. But he may suck at video, yeah. but he'll figure that out. But this guy's got the hustle. He makes shit happen. You know? And, I wonder uh, if my new videographer, Ben, has it. We, we're watching we, you we, now, Ben. We we're watching sh- you. We, we'll see. We're just staring awkwardly at yeah, Ben. Just, ben just, just turned ben 21. very uncomfortable. He's like, I belong behind the camera. Please do not put me in now, front of I don't of know, it. man. I think he's got a little hustle in him, dude. He, he's got it. You have to. See, we'll see, see, let me t- let me teach you something real quick. See, if you're going to be around him, that's why I told Tyler when he came to work for me. And Tyler's got FYE on his neck and shit now too, right? So, But here's the thing. is like, you're going to be around him all the time. So you have to be the best representation. When I meet you, I have to think, fucking, that's a, that, you're a representation and a reflection of Cody. So when I meet you or Dan or all these famous people that you're going to run across as you're doing video for him, you need to be the best. Like, if you look bad, he looks bad because you're the person that's closer to him, probably more than his wife because y'all are on the road. Y'all are talking and strategizing and working together. So it's the same thing. When we get off of Terry's jet, like we uh, we don't let the pilots and the people clean the jet. Tyler stands up immediately. My video guy cleans the whole fucking jet. Hey, give me your trash. Give me your trash. Comes around like a fucking stewardess and shit because he's a hustler. He knows like that's that's my pass of getting on these jets, taking pictures, videos, and fucking picking up trash. Or you would have me fly fucking commercial if I wasn't adding any value. But what I'm saying is people look at me all the time. They're like, dude, your crew works hard. That means you must work hard. Well, fuck yeah, I do. Because if he didn't pick it up, I would have. And he knows that, right? 
I love that. I'm going to bring you around with me for all of training all my people. Yeah. Because if I, what I do yeah, yeah. If I would have, if I would have said that to him, he'd be like, okay, okay. But because you did it, yeah. now he'll remember. Third party validation, yep. social proof. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's great. I want to talk about Facebook groups real fast. So, like, um, a lot of people that are going to be watching this are entrepreneur minded, with the hope of making a lot of money as an entrepreneur, so they can invest it. Right. Yep. The whole the whole end game is just financial literacy and just total money game dom- domination. So, um, what did you do with the Facebook group that made it so successful? Because I started a Facebook group and it sucks. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's always a problem when your Facebook group sucks and I'm staring at yours and I'm like, fuck, yours is actually like popping. Well, well I want to get into that club. My wife is a gardener and the best grass grows in our yard or flowers where she puts the most time. And that's what we've done with Facebook. We made a commitment in 2015 to go all the way in with Facebook groups. Nobody else was doing it. It's just like when we started with Facebook, everybody's like, Facebook, that's crazy. We started with Facebook. I have been using them for a while, but when we went like, we're going to lean all the way in and be the best at this, right? And so what we did was first, I thought, if you could go look, if, if I could show you with a Zoom or something, I failed with hundreds of groups. I tried the hardcore closers group. I tried the closers group. I tried sales success group. I tried all these different groups that didn't work. And, and, and I've studied a lot over the years why this particular one stuck. And rule number one, when you're starting a group, if you really want to build a culture like we have, is name it something that when a person becomes a member of it, it gives them a cool name. For example, when you join my group, you are a sales pro, right? Which is an esteemed name to have in the, and it's, it's a good name. It's not a, a bad name. Like closer can maybe have a negative connotation to it. Cause like that guy closed me, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Where sales pro has a good, you know, neurolinguistically programmed language for people to say, oh yeah, I'm a sales pro. Uh, and, and that's what people do say now. They don't say, Hey, I'm a member of sales talk. They say I'm a sales pro. Like that's their identity in there. So that's number one. Number two is we created a culture in there. And one of the ways that you create a culture is to have your own language. And, uh, and what I mean by is like, if you're a Christian, you have your own language. That's a culture in, in your, if you're a lender, right. Or you work in the mortgages, you have your own language, LTV, DTI, you know, things like yep. that, right. Those are, that's your own specific language in real estate. Same thing. You got a 2006, you got a contract, you got, you know, deed for trust and all, all these things that you have in real estate as well. And it's your own language. So we create our own language so that you you are a part of that and you speak our language, right? It's almost like a clubhouse. Give, give me some examples. Uh, kangaroo, right? So a kangaroo is a motherfucking prospect that won't buy shit from you because their arms are too short to reach in their back pocket where their wallet is, but they're just long enough to put all the free shit you'll give them in their pouch in the front, right? So it's like... <laughs> I like so that. We, so people will make a post and it'll be like, this kangaroo ass motherfucker came in my office today, right? And, yeah, and everybody knows and, what and it, it is. And, and then and the new people will be like, what the fuck is a kangaroo? And the old people get the, because it's funny, yeah, right? And the old yeah. people get the, the, oh, let me tell you, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, another one is uh, like, let's see. So we got kangaroo. Another one's the force of average, right? So a, a salesperson will have a good month and then a bad month oftentimes because they yeah. were busy. So we call that the force of average, like going up and down. Uh, we don't say sales, uh, S-A-L-E-S. We usually spell it S-A-I-L-S, which drives everybody crazy. Like I work in sales, like yeah. you're in a boat, you know, <laughs> yeah. drives drives new members crazy. I like, that. Like so, that. So so the first one was the name that you can be name, proud of. Name, name that you can be proud yep. of. Second one is, is create a Re- language. A language, yep. Right, which is really creating a culture. Yep. The third one is you have to engage in the group. So here's where most people think, and in, in, this is what makes or breaks a group, maybe where you fail. 
most people think, and, and before I say this, I just want to preface this with, I don't know a motherfucker better at this shit than I am, right? Like, I think I am the foremost number one fucking expert at this shit, right? Because uh, I've never met anybody that's more prolific than we are. So when I say this, like, whatever you think, you're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> um, when you go into a group, the average thinker goes and says, I'm going to make a post to get attention in this group, right? So they go into a group, they join the Clever Investor group, and they're like, I flip houses too, and I have a Lamborghini, and I'm awesome, right? And they're like, oh, people will notice me because of this post. Or they think, I'll go in and ask everybody, what books are you reading lately? And they'll engage with that, right? That's not the case. What works best for you as a community member and what worked well to grow this in the beginning as an admin is I would look for posts that already had engagement on them and I would go fucking talk to people in the comments. So if I have a post with 20 people that are commenting on it and I go and I reply to two or three of those people, the next time those people comment or they post or the next time I comment or post, they're going to get notifications because of the algorithm. So when I finally, so if I do this for a couple of weeks in a group and get to know people that way, and I finally do make a post, 20 or 30 people will start commenting on my post and I'll get a whole fucking lot more attention. And now all of a sudden, look at me, this is my group. Right. Mm. And I start building shit. So we did that same thing in our group. So instead of me going in there and being the guy to post and try to get attention every day, you go in there and nobody knows who you are and you make a post and all of a sudden Ryan Stuman's giving you fucking advice, good advice on whatever shit that you were asking. Love this, dude. The next step after that was we moderate it. So there's no spam. Every post gets approved by us. So we read every post that goes in. There's like 10 admins now. There wasn't before, but now there is. And we read every post before we approve it because we think, hey, if we were scrolling through here, would well, we want to see this shit? If we don't want to see it, we we don't fuck. If it's mildly not entertaining Pitching, or mildly spammy, fucking anything, we just yeah. don't do it, right? Yeah. Because we want people to go, when I go to that group, it's always good content, you know? Uh, ABC just doesn't, or Netflix just doesn't let any fucking video get on their platform. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people pitching shit to them that they're like, I don't think so, you know? Same with our group. And it's not a... You know, it doesn't mean just because maybe we we didn't approve your post today that maybe you don't get your post approved tomorrow that's better or whatever the just case is. That one it's wasn't fucking it. That wasn't it. You know what I mean? Nobody liked that song, homie. Yeah, no, I love that. That that's phenomenal advice, especially the commenting. Just just go for a couple weeks hard on the comments, add as much value. And then when you finally post, boom, all of a sudden the algorithm shows a little love to you. The people recognize you. They they, it's like, hey, I invited you to my birthday party. Now you're going to invite me to yours. So it's that ref- think reciprocity of it this way. power. Yep, it really is. Think of it yeah. this way. So if we uh, we're here at a mastermind, and 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 they're in a room with a mastermind, the networking cocktail hour, whatever. There's a group of four or five people over here, a group of four or five people over here, a group of four or five people over here, and they're having conversations. The equivalent of me showing up in a Facebook group would be me to walk in the middle of the room where all those conversations and then just start talking, hoping they fucking walk over, right? Instead, you would do what any logical human would do. You'd go to group number one. You'd listen for a minute. Oh, by the way, I'm Ryan. Nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, what you were saying here, let me add that to it. I think this will help you. Talk to them for a minute, blah, blah. I'm going to go say hello to group number two yeah, over make, here. Makes here. sense. You know what it's I mean? Like, and that's what we do in real do life. When you, when you mirror real life, like real life, good social habits in real life on social media, you can't fucking lose. Uh, top three things. If I'm a young gunner, I'm finally making a little bit of dough. Top three things I should be focusing on, like like with my to invest my money. Uh, first of all, you need to be buying crypto. And anytime you convert cash to crypto, you should say goodbye to that cash and it should be crypto for forever. Uh, but you should. You should be buying Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, you know, B- 
big coins. And yes, they're going to go up and down. I'm not telling you to flip and sell. I'm telling you just have it in your portfolio. It's going to, it's just like a rent property. Rent never goes down. The, the housing market may fucking crash, but rent never fucking goes down. Never in the history of renting rent has a motherfucking landlord knocked on a door and been like, surprise, motherfucker, rent is going down. So like, so real <laughs> estate is obviously a good one to own as well. And you can buy a duplex with an FHA loan with three and a half percent down for, you know, hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars you might live in LA and you're like, where the fuck am I going to buy something for $300,000? Well, Ohio, you know, and you don't have to fucking live there. Yeah. Tennessee. You don't have to fucking live in that place. I once bought a house in Ohio for a thousand dollars and sold it for 30, 30 days later, $30,000, 29 profit. Who'd have thought you could buy a house for a thousand bucks? You want to hear something great? Uh, When the, when everything crashed in 2010, a lady in um, Detroit paid me $3,000 to take her property. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy I, shit. Right? And I actually thought it was a good deal. I, I thought it was brilliant, but the taxes that I had to pay to get the fuck out of that thing, yeah. and nobody would buy it from me. So yep. she basically was like, "Here, dumb motherfucker." Yeah. I'm like the clever non-investor because <laughs> she's like, it's "Your Here. tax problem yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's your fucking problem." Uh, but, but all right, so crypto, crypto, real estate, real estate, and I believe that you should buy stocks. You know, I, here's why: because one of my rules for money is never work for the same dollar twice. So if I have a job, which I do, and I have a W-2 income of $50,000 a month, that covers all my bills and anything that I need. I live on $52,000 tax, which is like $32,000 and when it's all said and done, that I live on every single month, right? Anything above and beyond that money, I am investing, right? So I obviously make more than $32,000 a month. So all that extra money that I don't need to live on, I am investing. You should, same thing. You should have a budget set for yourself and then you should fucking every other thing, but it shouldn't be, and, and I know Cody may, if, if flipping houses is your full-time job, cool. But I don't think it should be a part-time job. You should buy a house and have a property manager rent the motherfucker out. You should be hands-off and keep focused on that thing that's bringing money in. Because so many people will make money from their main job and then they'll go flip a house and that house is taking away time, talent, and and focus from their main job, which got them the money to flip that house anyway. And you're like, oh yeah, but I made 20 grand when I flipped this house. Yeah, but it took you fucking nine months and you have a $150,000 a year fucking job. The math is off, right? You, you invested your time in the wrong place. So I always say never work for the same dollar twice. Keep your main thing, your main thing, and all the extra money needs to go into passive shit that either someone, it doesn't mean you can't own the business, but you need an operator running it, not you, so that you can maintain whatever it is that's coming in. I love it, dude. You filleted this show, dude. You filleted it. Breeze. With the Ginsu's. Breeze. Breeze came with the the full-blown Gus. That's funny, man. (laughs) I don't know. That's what it sounded better in my mind when I said Gus. It wasn't that funny. All right, dude. uh, How do they follow you on social medias? Uh, So if it doesn't have a blue check, it's not me. So there's lots of imposters and shit out there. I don't know why the fuck we can't do anything about them, but... Uh, at Hardcore Closer on Instagram, the one with the blue check. There's other ones out there, but just the one with the check. And then uh, Real Ryan Stuman on Facebook. Again, blue check. Those are really the only two places I am. Uh, you can join our our Facebook group, Sales Talk with Sales Pros. Um, on Facebook, there's like I said, 110,000 people in there. Just make sure you answer all the questions and stuff on the uh, pop-up or they will not let you in. And, if and there's a cool, if- by the way, we use this little cool tool from my client, Arnie Gisk, that is called group funnels. And everybody that goes in there, it says, what's your email address to be able to join the thing? Prove you're real. What's your email address? 
we have a, before we let people in there, we run this tool and it scrapes all those fucking email addresses and puts them on a spreadsheet and uploads them into our system. So we're also creating that as an opt-in as they get in our group too. 110,000 fucking email addresses strong, sir. Damn, that's cool. Yep. And you also have a cool tool. We didn't get into it on, on this show. Maybe next time, uh, it's called Phone Sites. If you, you know, Ryan is also one of the best direct response marketers in the game. Uh, he's done just a tremendous amount of digital sales. So if you have a business where you're trying to sell something digitally, check out Phone Sites. They just go to what? Phonesites.com? Phonesites.com. Phonesites.com. Yeah. And it's, uh, and how much is it? Uh, 49 bucks. So my software will make a website, write fucking copy for you. Everything that you need done, it will pretty much automate the whole process right in front of your eyes. 49 bucks a month. Love it. Yeah. So great, great tool. Lots of testimonials. People love phonesites.com. 10,000 users can't be wrong. I love it. All right, man. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. If you liked this, go follow Ryan. And uh, obviously, uh, anything that I can put in the video descriptions or any of the, the download links for anything we talked about will be down in the descriptions down below. Appreciate you. And uh, that's all we got for this one. Play the jingle. Well, we sign off every single time saying the same damn thing. Ah, okay. I just say, man, appreciate you guys. Until next time, Buddy's Bourbon, the Clever Investor signing off for now. Take care. Comb your hair. We out.